Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of your favorite VW podcast, Let's Talk Dubs. And since we're your favorite VW podcast, make sure you share, like, and subscribe on all of our platforms, whether it's Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, follow, like, and share. Make sure you guys get out there and help share. Let's see if we can't push this podcast up the charts and get another peak rating like we did a few months back. So on today's show, I've got RK Smith, formerly from Hot VWs. He's a photojournalist. He's been involved in the uh, magazine publishing industry for the last 40 plus years. He's responsible for over 240 covers of Hot VWs magazines, uh, thousands of articles and reviews. One of my favorite things about this podcast is the opportunity to hear the backstories behind some of the really cool photo features and some of the memorable moments that R.K. Smith has had. This particular episode we recorded in the back of my friend Scott Wyatt's camper bus at Octo this uh, past couple weeks ago. So there's some background noise but some ambiance and it's almost like you're there at Octo. So this was a fun interview to do especially the way that we did it. Remember, if you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com slash store, pick up some merch, support the podcast. Also, you want to make sure you book your dates for the big VW weekend coming up here in Las Vegas. That's going to be October 15th through the 18th. Our host hotel is going to be the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Keep an eye on letstalkdubs.com for a page to come up soon with a lot of the details coming up. We're going to do strip t- strip cruise toy and literature show, meet and greet, show and shine, lots of other activities for the entire weekend, ramping up to the mega event that Corey Max going to be doing at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on the 18th. So everything gets topped off with some huge drag races at the end, but it's going to be a VW weekend to remember. That is for sure. So make sure you guys keep checking at letstalkdubs.com and you'll see the page coming up soon with a lot of the details. You'll be able to get pre-registered, which will give you all kinds of benefits for that weekend and access to all the event. Listen all the way through to the end of the podcast to hear some shout outs. If you gave a review or supported the podcast anyway, you get a shout out at the end of the podcast. So without any further ado, guys, let's kick it off with RK Smith. everybody on today's podcast i've got one of the legends of our industry rk smith and rk has been for me one of the guys he's he's shot both my cars for hot vw's rk has shot over 240 covers for hot vw's magazine he's been there for a long time one of the one of the long time consistents in the vw scene is rk rk welcome to the podcast hey thank you very much Hey, so today we're at Octo. We're sitting inside Scott Wyatt's bus that's for sale. So he's got, so you might hear a little bit of background noise here and there. And wouldn't you have it as soon as we start the podcast, they start uh, getting the the raffle going. They must know a good thing. (laughs) That's it. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. We've been talking about this for a a little while. And for those of you that, that, that don't know, RK started working for Hot VW's magazine in 19... Actually, I did freelancing for him in 78, 79. 78, 79. And got hired on, on, in, in 80. In 80, and you just retired. Yeah, I just retired. Just retired, and he's had a lengthy career. So all you guys that have been in the scene for a long time, 
you know who RK is. And, and one of my favorite things that we do all the time on this, and you've got a little bit, a little bit of different VW story because you weren't necessarily a VW guy when you started in this business, right? No. Uh-uh. So your story starts with how you started becoming a photojournalist for a magazine company. How does that start? Well, how about if I start before that? Sure. Because I met Tom McMullen as I was playing baseball when I was a kid, 15 years old. Now, Tom McMullen, for our listeners, is? He owned a 32 Ford Roadster, mm-hmm. blown small block Chevy, all that, a magazine car. Yeah. Well, I used to see it in the magazines when me and my friends would ride bikes. Sure. Go to the market, read the magazines, and put them back on the stands and leave. Yeah. And, and I said, hey. That's Tom McMullen's car. Right, because so, the car was really popular oh, back it's, then. It's like, it's like the icon of hot riding. Yeah. Everybody knows Tom McMullen's 32. So uh, he became my friend, and I would go to uh, his garage and help him build wiring kits for uh, street rods. As how, how old are you when you're helping him build wiring kits? 15. So 15 years old, you go. he's a neighbor of yours. Yes. And... He's built. He's got this really cool hot rod. You want to start getting into car. You're a car guy. You want to get into cars. Right. And so at 15, you're helping him build wiring harnesses. Yeah, wiring harnesses and and washing and waxing his 32. Really. And going on trips with him, <laughs> and and carrying the camera case or the ladder, whatever it may be, and we'd go to photo shoots. So he was a magazine guy. And uh, I would never known to be a magazine guy 10 years later. You know. Right. So uh, I went in the Army, and he sent me a magazine for Street Chopper, the first magazine ever. And when I came back, he says, like you never left. You got your seniority, but we have a problem. Me and my wife are getting a divorce, so she wants AWE, and that's where I was working. And he wanted me to be on TRM, which is the magazine side of the company. Right. So I finally got over there after two months, and then I, uh, I had really good um, helpers get me started. Luckily, I was good in English and spelling, you yeah. know, and uh, car, car kind of guy. So Tex Smith, noted uh, author of a lot of magazines, and uh, Jim Clark mm-hmm. and Tom McMullen, th- those three guys are the ones that lend me into learning about magazines and writing stories and photographing. The first time I did a photo shoot, everybody out went to lunch. I'm manning the office. Here comes a, cho- a guy with a chopper. Hey, I'm here to do a photo shoot. Ah, no problem. I'll do it. So I go out there, get the ladder out, get the camera, put the film in there, you know, and I'm taking pictures. And I said, I'll call you when I get the film back. We get the film back, and every every frame was black. I go, what the sh- What happened? And uh, so Jim goes, you see this little red thing over here? That means the the lens is being covered by the sun shield when you change the lens. Oh, I no. Go, oh, man. So that's a, that was the hardest thing to do. So your fo- first photo shoot was all black. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a blackout. So anyway, I, I went back and did the guy's bike again, and everything started going. And I, that's when I started doing magazines for them. Street yeah. Chopper, Street Rotter. Then when the trucking magazine thing came in, and we put a, we put a van mm-hmm. in Street Rotter. Yeah. Man, they had hate mail city. You put a van, because the vans are, yeah, at this time in the 70s, vans are like the new customization. And you guys are like, hey, it's a, it's a street. It's kind of a truck. They're right, having 2,000 kind of van shows all over the country. Yeah. You know, van nationals. So I. Uh, so you're working for Street Rod? This is a Street Rodder? Yeah. So you worked at Street Rodder. How old are you? Uh, probably early 20s. 20s, yeah. So you're working at Street Rodder, which is like. 
fat fender Fords. Yeah, everybody. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was it your feature where you put the van? In? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> they didn't say like, let's march RK yeah, out there and yeah, see how the yeah. response no, is. I think it was Steve, but so we we told uh, Tom says, you know what, we should come out with a truck only or a van only magazine. Right. So there was back in the day there was this this cartoon, keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. So we took the font of the trucking and just threw it on the top. You know. Really. So we made a trucking magazine. So and that's how trucking magazine started. Yeah, and that's seventy five. In 1975, so you guys came up with the idea, and so this is Tom McMillan, you said. McMullen. McMullen from McMullen Publishing. Yes, and and now it's TRM Publishing. And so you guys go from Street Rotter, like, trucks are hot, let's start trucking magazine. Right. Now, how does that evolve? Uh, Became really good. Yeah, trucking magazines yeah. still around today, right? Yeah, and and no, actually no, because they just killed a bunch of brands. Yeah, 19 of them, That's, out of 22. And we'll talk about that in a yeah. minute when we get to so, that part. So, uh, the van thing was pretty cool. So did they ever start a vanning magazine? No, it was just trucking all all the time. But in trucking, you could put a van in trucking. Van truck, everything. Okay, that you t- pertained. You t- anything had a van or trucks purpose. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, he also had a. A Volkswagen catalog he was doing for Auto House mm-hmm. at the time. Okay. And that became BW Trends. Really? Yeah. In in seventy seven or something like that. So he was doing he was just shooting a catalog and putting little tuck articles and stuff like that. Right. And they just said, Hey man, we've got a big enough publication, let's make a magazine. Yeah, then then the catalog started to look like a magazine and a couple of articles here and there. And then it just turned it into a magazine. Really? Yeah. And who came up with the name VW Trends? Uh, probably McMullen or yeah, one of those guys. And so, how do you end up going from? So, did you end up working for VW Trends? Never. You never worked for VW. I Trends. was editor of trucking. How long were you the edi- editor of trucking for? How long? Seventy-five to seventy-seven. Really? And in seventy-eight, I went freelance. I I got out of McMullen, uh, Tom, you know, TRM, and uh, I freelance for everybody. I would travel to Ohio and go hang out with my friend, the van guy, you know, Ray Garakrin. Yeah. And we go to these these uh, these happenings and look for cars to shoot and uh, hot rods was because I I was tied to all the three magazines. Yeah. I can shoot a motorcycle, I can shoot a hot rod, I can shoot a van, anything, you know. Yeah. So it was all good. And so you're now so you end up 70, 75 to seventy seven years editor of Truck and Magazine. Now, as far as the editor, editor has the final say on the whole magazine. Is that right? Yes. So editor's the guy, like, if it's great, you get all the credit. If it sucks, you get all the hate mail. Right. You get everything. Yeah. So you're there for two years mm-hmm. editing. What makes you decide to leave and go freelance? Uh, I decided to just uh, try something different because mm-hmm. I knew a lot of magazine guys. And I would go up to Peterson and Argus and, you know, even McMullen would accept my stuff because I left on good terms. So you thought, hey, instead of me having all the stress of the deadlines and yeah. all this and all that, let me go do what I love, which is taking pictures of cars, looking yeah. at cars, writing up the stories, and I can do it for multiple magazines and yeah. make a few bucks. Yeah, and I was traveling around anyway. When I was doing street ride, I'd go to Hawaii, you know, and shoot a couple cars with Diamond Head in the background or something. Yeah. And then uh, just kept going. And then, uh, what was it? One of, my, one of my clients was Tom Chambers of Hot VWs. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, you know what? We, we want to hire you. We, uh, we like your photos. I go, oh, cool. So he gave me the spiel, and uh, within a month or so, I, I left the last magazine I was working on for McMullen. It was called Custom Rotter. Yeah. And then I went into Hot VWs. So really? a couple years later, I, you know, they're using my car, my, my, my photos. 
My very first cover was as a freelancer. In 79, they used it. Yeah, 1979. Yeah, and it was, uh, my friend had a shop called Color Me Custom and, and his, and his uh, partner, Craig Cavanaugh, had a girlfriend, Kim, uh, what's her name? Valerie Novak. Uh-huh. And uh, they were building a gear for her. I said, when the gear's done, let me know. So they, they made a, a, a one-of-a-kind gear with a T-top roof. Yeah. And I said, let's go shoot it and, and do a feature, and I'll shoot stuff that might be a cover, but who knows, you know? Yeah, 79 is all the rage for T-tops. All the cars, everything's got yeah. T-top options. Oldsmobile Cutlass with a T-top. Yeah, so that's what we did. We shot it, and then Tom called me and says, hey, it's a cover. I go, awesome. Thank you very much, you know? So now when you were freelancing back in the day, <laughs> would you get would you get more money if it was cover stuff? Or would oh, you they, get the same pay? They would add for a cover. Oh, so you get extra Yeah, if you get bucks, a cover. Whatever, 100 Yeah, maybe 100 150 I forgot. But yeah, if, you, if like, hey, it's good enough for the cover, we're going to give you the, yeah. the feature money plus the cover yeah, stuff. Yeah, get, it gets the freelancer, you know, going to get, look for yeah, more stuff. Looking for better. Yeah, better. Yeah. So then it kind of pushes the bar for you. So you're freelance for Hot VWs. How does it go to where they say, you know what, we want you in-house full-time? How does that happen? Um, I just told the customer I'm leaving. Really? Two, no, two weeks notice, and then uh, I went to Hot VWs. And so now you're Hot VWs. And at, uh, up to this point, do you own a Volkswagen? Do you have a Volkswagen? No. The only Volkswagen I drove was in high school uh, driver's ed. Really? Yeah. It was a bug, you know, and it was like after that, um, I bought a Volkswagen during my freelance days. Yeah. And I went to my buddy Vaughn Rawlings in Fullerton. He had the auto shop and he was a Volkswagen guy. Yeah. And he had a race car too. And, and he goes, you want a good car for your, your, your camera case and all that stuff? I go, yeah. Go get a 67 square back. I go, okay. Not knowing that that's the best year to get, you know? Right, right. So I, I went and got the square back and I went to see my buddies calling me custom. We painted out the, gru, uh, the, the custom. In fact, Magoo from Vegas. Yeah. You remember him? Uh-huh, Magoo, yeah. He and I were at his house because I would go there and do the van happening or something. And uh, we came up with the paint scheme of what we wanted to do that was real different. So we came up with like, like a race graphic thing, yeah. yellow yellow overall. And then we had uh, uh, orange and uh, uh, red and orange and black on the bottom. And it became my uh, calling card. You know, once I got it all done and everything. and The square back. The square back was like, here, here comes the magazine. Yeah, this is the guy from Hot VW. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Nice. So it was really good. I drive to Sacramento, and people think I live there because I'd go there for, you know. You drive the square back to Sacramento. Yeah. No problem. Get no problem. In, yeah. Boom. Hit yeah. the road. It was awesome. Yeah, me and Lane, one time we went up there, and, and uh, that's when I had a turbo on it, you know. Oh, you had a turbo in the yeah, squareback? Yeah, K-Well. He, he helped me. and, and uh, Get out of here. Yeah. I was the only squareback that had a turbo back then. Yeah, I don't know. Because he, he had to make the kit, you know? Yeah, I don't know of anybody that's got a turbo in a squareback. Yeah, it was a side side draft Weber. All under the deck lid? Under the deck lid. Get out of here. Yeah, and we had a, a little cooler. that You know the vents on the, the, uh-huh. the back fenders? Yeah. That's where the cooler was. Really? Yeah, the oil cooler. So you would <laughs> you would long haul yeah. the turbo 67 squareback? Yeah. What happened to the square back? It, Where well, is this thing? That thing went everywhere, and people like freaked out on it. Especially one time when I got on the freeway, uh-huh. there's a Corvette doing about 75, and here comes my little square back. And I go, what the heck? What is this? You know? You just rolled up on a Corvette, huh? Yeah. So when we were going to uh, Sacramento, when Lane was, and we we're going up the hill, and Dino uh-huh. Don had his notch, and yeah. we we're just cruising, you know, like Dino Don. And I see in the rearview mirror, this is like, like red, Type Three. I don't know what it is. 
it's like in and out of the lanes coming up the five freeway going up the grapevine I yeah go, shit let's leave dino and let's see how fast these guys are going all right so he goes by me i hit it and we were like oh like like really, neck and neck we're right behind the guy and the passenger's outside the door with his body looking back what the heck is this quarterback doing in our butt you know and i said beep, beep, beep. come on what do you guys got man oh we got a vw yeah bull what do you guys got really got ah we got a 9116 in here man you suckers what do you got i got a nine i got a uh, what was that? A 1776 uh, or so, or what it was, you know? With a turbo. Yeah, with a turbo. Yeah, how cool it, is it was. That? It was really cool. And so, how long do you? Uh, so now I want to know what happened to the squareback. Um, Hold on, before I ask that, okay. was the squareback ever featured? Oh yeah, it was featured. What year was it featured? Probably 79. In Hot VW's magazine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so guys, go through your copy. Start finding it right now so you can bring it. Bring <laughs> it to Vegas when you're going to see RK. Oh, yeah. So the, so that was your square. Does it have the turbo kit in the in the feature? No, I got rid of the turbo. Really? Yeah. Uh, and then I, the only thing I left in there that I should have kept was a Berg shifter. Really? So what happened was I sold it to this guy and not not knowing that his neighbors hated him and they beat the shit out of the car. Really? Yeah. So oh. he, so my neighbor across the way, he came by, and he goes, RK, I got something for you. I go, what? He brings out the quarter panel all beat up, you know. Ah, shoot. What happened to the car? And he goes, uh, it, it was on a junkyard, and I saw this, and I had to get the shifter. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what happened. So the so the, 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 the world-famous squareback yeah. ends up in the junkyard. It went to uh, Type 3 Heaven, so where it went. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So what? I mean, what made you sell the car? You just kind of moved on, got something a little more, a little more suited for driving long haul and and, and photo shoots and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was still a Chevy guy, you know, from right. high school. So I I started driving. Uh, uh, well, I had a lot of '55 Chevys for a while. And then I went to uh, the Novas, which is what I am into now. Yeah. Well, the Nova Wagon. Nova Wagons, I think yeah. it's because you missed the square back. That's my personal opinion. Well, you're right, because I'm a wagon guy from way back when. My 55s, I had three 55 Nomads. Hold on. You're saying before wagons were cool, RK was into wagons. That's right. Because the wagons been cool the past couple of years. Yeah. coming up. Yeah. 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 So I would buy and sell or yeah. buy and get the, the good parts and replace them with adequate and sell i mean to me it's it, it sounds like a dream life like you're shooting cars for magazines yeah. you're going to car shows all the time and as your side hustle you're buying and selling, uh, and, buying and, 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 selling cars. and i'm working on the cars that, once in a while you know wow yeah that's unbelievable it was really fun and so let's get a little bit into your specifics okay. about hot vw's and shooting so obviously being a photographer for a magazine especially mm -hmm. in the heyday of magazines right in the in the early 80s in, in the early 80s and I mean, I've got stacks. That's my favorite time for me personally, uh, from a magazine guy, because those were. I remember seeing some of the VW trans. A friend of mine, my buddy, up in, uh, up in uh, Winnemucca, Nevada. Tom Woodford. Okay. Tom Woodford used to be at Pomona all the time. He always sold Porsche stuff. And, oh. And I'd be at Pomona, and we'd kind of rib each other about Porsche guys versus VW guys. Yeah. And he sent me one day. He says, "Hey, I sent you a package." He sent me. You know, a, a, a 12 by 8 inch thick box of VW Trends magazine that he ended up with somewhere. And they were trends, and it was always, it was from like 1984 up until 1988. Wow. And it's like, I mean, mint condition. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking through these things, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm looking at the timeline, and I'm thinking, 
bleach blonde girls with pink bikinis on car wash scenes graphics on gears and squarebacks and bugs and and i'm like thinking that was the time when 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 i was standing there as a kid next to the magazine stand slurping a, a big gulp and looking at all these magazines and thinking like huh which one do i want i'm like well i can buy an old bug i can yeah. get an old squareback <laughs> and, and for me like that's like the cover art is what captures you you know the, the most important thing about the cover is that's that split second where you see that magazine makes you pick it up. That's right. It makes you pick it up, and then now it starts the it starts like, oh, this is kind of cool. I, there, there's one of those beat up around my neighborhood. I'll build yeah. it and do that. But I think that the 80s were the quintessential time, and maybe it's just nostalgia, <clears throat> or for me it's what, it, it's what flipped my switch to make me really want to get into the thing, in, into VW. So now my question for you is you've done over 200 and – I mean – thousands of features over 200 covers so i'd have to say thousands of features because you've got all kinds of stuff going on well 39 years of you know yeah, times 12 i mean come on <laughs> i mean it's it, it's a feature every year so or a feature every month or, uh, and articles and all kinds of stuff let's talk about some of your most memorable photo shoots oh you mean all right so so, so one of the ones that stand out to you because because I know for me, one I wanted to talk to you about specifically, and I'm going to jump in before okay. I let you go. Okay? All right. And I'm sure everybody listening is like, shut up, Bill. Let Arte okay. talk. All right. Rodbuster Gia. Oh, yeah. For me, there's the cover shoot where it's all like a digital graphic coming out. This is the second time he built the car when they, now I called it Rodbuster. That car, a lot of people don't know, but that car was, I think, 83. It was featured earlier where he had the space helmet. You guys were out at like a lake bed. And uh, and it's and it's, it's uh, May eighty five, May eighty five. Yeah, it's uh, Chris Addington's Right Stuff gear. Oh, that's right. It was called the Right Stuff. Yeah, and we made him look like we we're on the moon. <laughs> so so Lane Evans and myself went out to meet Chris Addington in his car there, and we hit up, we picked up a little spot, and we bought him a little moon outfit. You know. Now, did you know Addington from Hot Rodding, or did you? Like, because this is the this is the height of like the turntable cars and the rope displays and the carpeted displays yeah. and all this stuff. So it's like everybody would come to VWC and that was hot. That's where it's going on. And then who could bring out the most outrageous, crazy, funky color stuff? How does Addington come on the scene from your perspective of like magazine, hot VW's magazine guy? Well, Addington was in from Bakersfield, mm -hmm. and he built some wild cars and and before the the right stuff gear, you know. Yeah. And George Delfino. Was, was another guy that yeah. had a Type 3 that turned into a pickup. Remember that? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another guy had a, a pinkish notchback. Yeah. I forgot his name. God dang it. So, anyway, those three would would take first place trophies in their class everywhere they went. Right. And those guys were, this was like the Autorama days. Like, you had yeah. these big, huge yeah. shows. And they got invited, like Addington and Noel got invited to the show in Fresno. That And the show in Fresno was... Uh, it was a invitation-only show that the promoter would go to shows on the whole West Coast. Yeah. And he would invite people, personally invite them to, you know, yeah, come over. So these were Autorama-style shows. Yeah, like, like it was everything. IACA stuff. It, it wasn't just Volkswagen. RG right? Canning. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Okay. But uh, that back back to the red gear. It was twin supercharged. Yes. Suicide doors, yeah. Tilt uh, hood, 
and uh, yeah, the motor had like no tin on the motor. It was all billet machined everything. And so, so this is before like before the huge billet craze. How does Chris Addington have access to all this billet stuff? So what happened was he was admiring um, Boyd Coddington's hot rods. Right. And Boyd Coddington was doing billet stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, he wanted to maybe have him do make some parts, but he he didn't do it, you know. Yeah. He's not going to do a Volkswagen thing for anybody. Sure. It's like taking a step down in the hot rod world. Yeah, yeah. Working I'm on VWs here, is like know? taking a step down. So Chris went out and bought some machines and himself yes and he machined the stuff the undercarriage and all all that stuff you oh, see oh yeah it's crazy like like hot rod stuff oh yeah he machined it that's insane and then when i was at the oakland roadster show doing the, the the bikes and the hot rods and yeah. everything else there uh it was uh pretty cool because as i was talking to chris boyd coddington walks up and he says is this your gear and he goes yeah he goes, nice job. Yeah. And and I I said, Chris, this is the main dude. Right, this is right. this is Boyd Coddington, you know. Boyd Coddington giving you the big ups. And so 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 he's been a hot rodder besides the Volkswagen guy. Yeah. You know, Chris Addington. Sure. And no, no, for sure. He's still doing hot rods. Yeah. He's, I, listen, I've internet stalked the guy because I, I've been trying to get him on the podcast for I don't know how long. Yeah. Well, he uh. He comes to La Palma Park in Anaheim uh-huh. once a year for yeah. the forty fourth day. Yeah, and his wife brings her forty Ford pickup, you know, and so I, I some one time I surprised him. I walked over there and says, "Hey, what are you guys doing here?" Nice. Yeah, so we go way back, you know. So now, so my question about Chris was: Was Chris a hot rod guy? Chris was just into building show cars, and then because the VW, the VW world had started pushing the envelope, he says, "Well, let me let me build a Gia or something." Is that how he yeah. gets into it? Yeah, yeah, because he uh, he wanted to build a Gia along the lines of of the top hot rod right volkswagen style yeah he wanted to take a gear and like i'll take a volkswagen the lowest on the rung of respectable hot rods and make it the baddest hot rod well, out there he knew all the rules to deal with about what to do what not to do so he applied him to the volkswagen thing and boom he, he was best to show in, in class yeah. you know it was like non-stop that thing was just like yeah i mean it's still to this day and that car has been built three times the first time it was blue yeah that's when it was right stuff, Gia. Right. And then, it like two years later, it takes the car down, redoes the whole thing, and that's when it comes out full billet. Chassis, right, billet, right. A-arms, billet, stinking, everything. Digital dashboard, airbrush graphics. And then, I think back in 2011, he tore the whole car down and redid it again. Oh, you know what happened? Uh-uh. He sent the red car to Sweden or something over there. Yeah. Some show they wanted it, you know? And when it was coming back in the plane, mm-hmm. it frosted the paint. No way. He had to repaint the whole car. That's what happened. Are, really? Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. That's a Let's Talk Dubs exclusive. Yeah. So that's the reason why the car got repainted. You should, you should talk to Chris Addington. I'm trying. To, I need my buddy RK to call him and say, stop dodging Bill. Get on the podcast. Because <laughs> I'd love to. We could do a whole podcast just on that Gia. I mean, it was insane. Oh, okay, RK, you, can you, you got that? Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll, <laughs> right. I'll get you hooked up, man. Let's get let's let's get on the podcast. Yeah. So we got Chris Addington's car. It's the high days. You got, uh, I think it's George George Delfino. Yeah. Is a guy that has another car too. He he, had the, he sold the it. Squareback truck. Yep. Well, yeah. it had like a tunnel cover on the back. Yeah, and they had the the radical the radical uh, paint schemes mm-hmm. that go like underneath the car. Oh and, yeah. You know, the, the graphics, the all the yeah. It wasn't enough to have the graphics go through the door jams. It was, 
a whole nother step. Hey, it went under the pan under and everything. The pan. And, and like the yeah. center of the pan was like where all the colors coming out. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no joke. Yeah. So this is the 80s now, and, and it's the height of the show car era. Of, of that time, what are some of the more memorable photo shoots that you've done where you've had to get real creative and crazy on some photo shoots? Well, speaking of crazy, this is the one that we will never forget. That was, uh, let me see here, April 83, Corey Max burnout with his dragster. So Corey Max got a dragster. Corey Mack topical because he's got the show coming up on in October in Las Vegas. That's right. And he just retired recently from NHRA uh, Top Fuel Drag Racing. Yep. And now he's going to put on a huge VW event coming up. And the Las Vegas Volkswagen Club and Let's Talk Dubs are going to be doing some pre-events to his event. So this is exciting. But Corey Mack's been in the game for a long time, connected with VWs from way back. So in 83, he's got a dragster. You're going to shoot it for the cover, and you're thinking, what can we do to make this different? Right. So... Lane Evans, editor, Jer Hadaf, tech editor, and myself had three had the cameras, and we met Corey at a uh, residential place in the middle of Orange Groves next to Orange County Raceway. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not that much traffic going on. There's mostly Orange Groves, right? And this is on a, a, a city street? A, yeah, maybe a county street. Right. You know? And we said, okay, let's do this. Okay, here's the gas. Get the car look good. So Dick McClanathan, Corey's dad, was there. Robert, Corey's friend, was there. Robert lit the gas. Me and uh, Lane and Jer, we had all different angles pointing at the car. Everybody's got cameras. So, and then, But I want to know first, what do they say when you come in? Whose idea is it saying, like, hey, I want to light this thing with the tires on fire? Well, it was our idea. And then and uh, what does he say? And then he's like, "You're gonna light my car on fire." He says, "Oh, let's do it." So, so I think Dick had control of that one. Yeah. You know, Dick Dick McClanathan, his dad. He goes, "Yeah, let's do it." And, really? And so Corey says, "Okay, let's do it." So Robert, we're all set. Robert lights the gas on both sides. The car's running. Spins the tires. <coughs> oh, it coughed. It stalled. Stalled the car. Oh, here comes Dick McClanathan with the fire extinguisher all over the whole car. And, and the car's still on fire. Oh yeah. And they, <laughs> he put it out. And it's, it's not running. So we had to clean it all up, try it again. And and Dick says, okay, man, get it right this time, all right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we did. And, wow. And that was the cover shot, man, full and on. The, and this is the cover shot. If you're looking at that 83 issue of Hot VWs, it's got that dragster and the back tires are on fire. Yeah. And the, the secret to the Photoshop there is there's no Photoshop. You guys poured gas oh, on the tires, yeah. lit a match, and started that, snapping that, that pictures. That was a real deal there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's crazy. That was a second attempt, and that's all we needed. So That's it. Well, yeah. listen, I don't think you were going to get a third time. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it went right, you know. And so this is – and at this time in the magazines in the 80s, it's like what, can, what more outrageous can you do – to get the magazine to really stand out. I mean, a oh, yeah. tires on fire and a dragster is pretty pretty outrageous. Yeah, it's like a, one of those kind of like, should we do it or not? Well, let's just go for it because nobody's done it. Yeah. You know, and and the VA guys do it. Yeah. So we can do it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So some of the other more memorable photo shoots, I mean, that, that you've done in the past recent, you know, in the last 20 years, what's, what stands out to you? What are some of your favorite cars? Well, 
And let me ask this question too. You bought a Volkswagen because you started doing, uh, you started getting into VW stuff. Right. So then you started to gain an appreciation for the detail and the customization of Volkswagens, and you became a VW enthusiast by proxy of just being like that's your business involved with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's your business. That's right. And as much as you're not so much building cars, you still appreciate and and love a good Volkswagen. And what are some of the more memorable cars that you've seen over the past? you know, 20 years, 20, 30 years that, that stand out in your mind as like cars that when they came out, because, you know, the, the tough thing that maybe people don't realize is as a as being in the magazine, your job is to be bringing everything out new and fresh. What are some of the cars that you remember seeing, like when you see it, you know, you got obviously Chris Addington's car, you see it, it just kind of knocks you off your seat. And then now it's something new, something fresh, something different. Yeah, you know, there was this guy named Ted Tribune. Mm-hmm. And he was in a September 83 issue. Okay. And he was the first guy to have a lift-up tank to show the undercarriage of, of the tank. Really? He was the first guy. So that's the first guy that's like, I'm going to de- I'm gonna take it to the next level. I'll yeah. detail the front right. suspension. Right, right. Yeah. And so he had, he had hinged his gas tank to come up. And that was a cover shot. 69 really? bug, eight spokes. You know what? A, another good photo shoot when I was in Florida, mm-hmm. I went to uh, cover a show. And I, I made a pre-arrangement with the, with the Don Garlitz, Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you shot Don Garlitz for the cover? Right. Wow. So I would go up to Ocala, Florida, and he was working on his museum. And he had a brand new black light, uh, black asphalt parking lot with no white lines, my favorite. Yeah. So <clears throat> I said, okay, let's shoot your car, but let's let's put one of your Swamp Rats in there, you know, the Swamp Rat 26, yeah. his, his top field dragster. He was really a nice guy, man. So we, we shot the... Uh, his split window. So his split window was a stalker? Yeah, restored, you know. Like a restored original. So he was a VW. He liked VWs as well. Yeah. He had a 50 split. Yeah. And we had Swamp Rat 26, the top field dragster, and him. And that was the cover. Just simple. Nice. You know? Yeah. But but a lot of people knew he, who he was. Yeah, so that, that, that's a big so, deal to see Don Garlitz on the cover of a Hot VW's magazine because everybody thinks he's a top fuel or he's a he, he's a drag racer, funny car guy, yeah. whatever he was doing at the time. And to see him on the cover of Hot VW is going to turn more issues. What was What's the most popular issue you know of? Like, what was the one where you guys did one like, wow, that magazine sold like crazy? Because you guys would get feedback like that? <laughs> like, man, I was a great seller or didn't sell? or Okay, well, I did some research on the number of pages in the magazines. Mm-hmm. The largest issue, yeah, 184 pages. 184. Yeah. What year is that? September 85. So that's the mid 80s. That's that's the the heyday. Yeah. Of all this stuff because the main thing why that pages went up, we had advertisers coming in without even being called to do it. They D- just said, don't even need a sales. I guy. want six pages. I want six. There's three companies came in with I want six he's having six I want six and who are those companies uh, Johnny Speed and Chrome because that's who was battling <clears> out then <throat> Carcraft Car Custom car, or Car Custom out of Azusa yeah Johnny Speed and Chrome Johnny Speed and Chrome Car Custom uh-huh. and who was that um, man I can't think but anyway it, it was unreal How yeah. many, uh, the pages went up like that yeah all those guys are all, all those guys are wanting to compete because in, in that heyday you had um, 
you had Johnny Speed and Crumb out there, and they were just making all kinds of stuff. And it's funny to see some of the Johnny Speed and Crumb stuff now. Like, yeah. Oh, NOS. <clears throat> I got this in original Johnny yeah. Speed and Crumb because it just seems like not that long ago that stuff was there. So magazine. I mean, you guys were getting. I mean, the big thing for you guys at those time in the '80s, you would see some bigger companies advertising in those magazines. Yeah. Like uh, some big. <clears throat> um, there was uh, who, who's the biggest advertiser you guys ever had? There that was like a big deal that wasn't like VW specific, but was, uh, you know, s- some of the guys back then would have been um, maybe some of the cigarette manufacturers or cigarette, no, cigarette I don't people think so. or bought. But you guys never did any of that stuff. No, uh-uh. But who was the biggest advertiser that came in there that w- maybe was not specific to VWs because targeting that market? Well, Scat's been a long time. For sure, CB yeah. performance too. So scat, scat, and CB because those guys started started ramping up in the eighties, yeah, getting really yeah. big because the seventies is where they kind of got their start. Mm-hmm. And so, with the features, there was always different. There was different levels of feature, and was it uh, was it a cost issue? Because I remember one of the first issues that I have. I've got an eighty-eight issue of a magazine. It was one of the first ones that I have. VW Trans, but it had a square back in the back, and it was a, a single-page feature, but it was black and white. Right. And so, was it expensive to do the whole magazine in color? And so you would do some of it black and white, and well, some of it color. Well, the majority of magazines back then were black and white, mm-hmm. just a little bit of color. So I kept on Lane. Lane, we need color, man. These cars are getting colorful. We need color. And he finally twisted Jim's arm, and Jim said, "Okay, let's do like 16 more pages of color." Really? You know, so we put them in there. And it was a big process to get color, a color layout, color feature in the magazines. Yeah, it's. Uh, you have to add someone like every eight pages or sixteen pages, you know, to increase the, the, the total. So, the ad, the advertising was paying for it. So let's yeah, why add not? color. And I mean, the the more you guys, the more you guys would do to that, the more features you would need, mm-hmm. because you've got to fill. You can't just have it be all advertising. Other other than, you know, you're going to get people that are going to complain about the magazine being too many ads or whatever the case is oh they, they shouldn't be complaining but yeah. i mean that's, that's that's what keeps the magazine yeah, going yeah but anyway so uh, another car that was kind of unique was from santa barbara yeah you might remember this one this car had the guy had a green roadster with a roll bar mid-engine yeah you remember seeing that car i remember that car yeah yeah that, that guy was from santa barbara uh henry weir it was it was a chopped bug too yeah. roaster bug you know yeah there was i mean there was uh there cars cars that i can remember I, and for me it's really a lot of the for me as an enthusiast a lot of the features or the covers that really got me engaged like really wanting to look at these cars mm-hmm. were photo scenes right like like a you know like similar to the one we did at oh, my, garage scene like a garage scene right right or car wash scene yeah or a couple guys lined up to drag race right. or whatever the case was. I mean, that, those were some of my favorites, you know, because seeing those seeing those, those scenes was selling me the lifestyle I wanted. Well, speaking of lifestyle, you, you probably remember another Corey Mack cover. Yeah. Where he's up next to a Lear jet. Oh, like they're getting ready to race? And he has a funny car yeah. in front of it. Like he just, he just came in to, to drive the car, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just got off the Learjet yeah, to hop came, in the drag car. We came car. up with the idea because I met this guy at some lunch I was at, and, and he was in charge of the fuel at Long Beach Airport. I go, really? Can I have your card? Sure. So we find we we got to use something for this. So I finally figured it out. Let's call the guy see if we can do it. 
He goes, okay, this date, this time. We get there at that time and that date, and there's no, there's no Learjet. Oh, really? The guy's not there. Oh, let's, let's call the guy. So I call him real quick. Oh, no problem, no problem. I forgot all about it. So instead of having the jet towed over, somebody fired it up and brought it over to us. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Spent about 300 bucks in fuel. Uh, maybe more than that. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So we did that, and uh, Dick was, was happy because there's no fire involved. Right, you know? yeah. I, I no, no more no fire need, burnouts. More of, more of a pose shot than... Uh, but the, that was with the funny car gear. Yeah, the Mac Attack. Yeah. That was, a, that was a Mac Attack, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a renowned car. And wh- when did you see when did you see the the hobby starting to kind of change a little bit? What was what was some of those things for you that 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 I mean, obviously there it's a hobby and a trend and things will start to have their ebbs and flows, but what did you see starting to change? What was the first sign to you that things were starting to change? Well, you know, a lot of a lot of the Bakersfield boys, they mm-hmm. they they entice a lot of people to follow their their suit, you know. As yeah. far but they got too expensive. So, I think the simple uh, cars are coming back. Yeah, cuz maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Things get so you look at like Rodder's Journal or something right. like that and and those cars are not the everyman car. Those are millionaire built cars. Oh yeah. You know, these are cars that are that are way above the reach and and for the VW hobby it's always been an entry level game to some extent. I mean, right. and not to disrespect anything in any way but it's really more from the standpoint of it's it's an affordable car that anybody can build and, and get into that detail and, th- and that was maybe the the fire that got it going was anybody could build something that's worthy of being in a magazine well the custom side was going pretty strong but then the vintage side came in you yeah. know with the, with the vintage cars are netting more money yeah. you know people were paying more money for the vintage stockers and when you go to auctions or whatever sure and those are those that group, you know, but the custom side still, still, still good. As far as you know, the look at the the cow look or the look, you know, whatever look. Yeah. So every state I went to, whatever looked like a cow looker, it became a Virginia looker or you know right. whatever because they they were like happy to be in the magazine. Oh yeah. You know, but putting their state in there with the, with the title. Sure. They were happy. They're representing. They're representing yeah, where yeah. they're from. You That's know? right. Being. A photographer of the magazine you obviously got to fly all over the country oh yeah and you're there and as soon as you show up people are like they find out they see you walk around with that big camera on your neck they're like oh man this guy's from the magazine how many people used to just drag you like hey could you come look at my would you come look at my car real quick i just you know i think maybe you walked past it and you didn't notice that i put beer bottle caps on this that and whatever and come check out my car i mean what was that like for you in the in the height of the 80s well when i first started to go um, you know cross country and visit events all over the you know different states yeah and then i would go back again and as i went back became more familiar with people and friends became extended family you know yeah so years go on and i come i walk in and they know it's me man <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I i can't get away from it one time i went to uh connecticut at the uh, litchfield buggin uh-huh. and this guy had a yellow bug and he and he knew it was hey aren't you rk i go yeah he goes, can you look at my car? Can you sh- you want to shoot it? I go, okay, let me look at it. So he has it all open, right? The, the hood's open, the door's open, the deck lid's open. I go, yeah, it looks pretty nice. Why don't you close the deck lid? Uh, all right. And the doors, okay. <laughs> well, you must have painted these these items a different time and different place because they're not matching. 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> if my eye sees it, the camera sees it, so I can't shoot it. I, I had to tell him I can't, I can't do it. And he's probably pretty upset with you. Well, he had to just <laughs> figure out that he knew he knew that I was going to look at the car. He opened it, everything up. He knew it was not matching. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. But it, it was uh, one of those kind of things. And then what was the race like? The, there was obviously a race in the 80s and 90s to, like, be the first one to the Jamboree, to pick out the newest of the new cars and to lock up the guy for a photo shoot. I was always at my events at about 6.30 or 7. In the morning. I wanted to be the first guy to talk to people because they were there wiping their cars down, you know? Sure. So I go and meet the owners, and, and I walk and talk and about stuff, and can I get an exclusive? If so, you're, well, you're in. Yeah. You know, if not, when, okay, well, I'll go to the next guy. Well, I, you know, my, <laughs> I, I remember for me when I debuted my bus, and I, my first shoot was with Bruce. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I remember when he came up to me, I was like, oh, thank goodness, it's Hot VWs because I don't want to be in VW. I want to be in hot VWs. And, yeah. and from the enthusiast standpoint, there was always the two different tiers of magazines. And it always right. seemed like hot VWs was way out in front getting the cars that are like, oh, well, VW Trends is nice, but did you see the car in hot VWs? Did <laughs> yeah. you see this? Did you right. see that? And so right. was it, it was a lot of work to do that. I mean, getting to the car show at six o'clock in the morning and then being involved with like some of the people, because I guess once guys start building cars and their buddies build a car and they're like, hey, RK, you might want to check this car out before it hits the streets. I get a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll check them out. A lot of inside scoops yeah. because if you're going to get the newest, coolest, whatever. Yeah, I was like the guy that went for the, the cream of the crop stuff. Yeah. You know, and I didn't want to lower my my well, bar. Right. You just kept pushing. I, the I was up there, and just, that's what that's what I wanted to get. You know, and, and then Bruce and Dan did, did the same thing too. Yeah. But uh, so let me ask you a couple of questions. What's your thought on in the 90s when the impy st- the impy thing starts to resurge out of nowhere? Like all of a sudden in the 90s, impy just gets hot. All the impy original stuff and all oh. this, the impy the trend, because then that's when like all of a sudden BRMs, people could care less about them. And then in the 90s, someone starts this impy craze of collecting, collecting all this you know, old school MP stuff. What, right. what, what's your thoughts on the the MP craze that happened in the '90s? Because I think the, the the top dog in it back in the day was Scott. I think his name was, or maybe Scott Smith. He was a car painter. Oh, Scott Smith. And he had that black '67. Yeah. And it was like he won. He won the I got the most MP stuff. Right. On that car. Yeah, he got he got out of control. Yeah. You know, he was like livid for that stuff man yeah the bumper but like all of a sudden out of nowhere we've been in the hobby all these years and out of nowhere the empty stuff just starts going bananas well it was like an uh, additional phase of of the look is accessorized you know yeah and and a lot of guys did in the 90s it became he started hot. it so i gotta blame him for running into my nova oh did he yeah he was i saw him in his little ford at pomona swap meet hey how's it going you know and he goes all right, nice seeing you. Know, I'll see you later. So I'm waiting in line to go get up. I'm going to boom. What the heck? It's him. Really? What the? Heck? I said, good thing I know you, man. So I says, I'll call you later. So this was recently. He bumped in you at the no, door. This, this was a long years time ago. <laughs> yeah, when he had his black car, but he wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't driving it. And some of these black cars at this time, <coughs> at this time in the scene, you got to be quick to photograph these cars because they're disappearing to Japan left and right. They were. I remember yeah. my brother's square back. My brother took first at the Jamboree in, I think it might have been 
maybe 93, 94. I'm not 100% certain what year it was. But he took first in the Jamboree at the Classic and Squareback. He had a black squareback with a white roof. Yeah. Full-length wood slat roof rack, fully polished Fuchs, or uh, two-liter alloys. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. two-liter two-liter alloys. And uh, took first at the Jamboree. And he, George was crushed. i got to be honest with you. George was crushed. I can't remember who he went to. He went to somebody in the magazine and said, Hey, I got first at the, at, at the Classic, and then I got first at the Jamboree. Or, I don't know. There was two shows that, that he got first place at, and he said, "Would you guys shoot my car?" And they said, "No, we don't. We don't shoot black cars." Whoa, well, I've shot a few black cars, not a whole bunch. Yeah, like um, Big Daddy. Yeah, black split. Yeah, but it had more stuff going with it, you know. Yeah, his car, him. There's a lot of stuff in the. F- yeah. It's not just focused on the black <coughs> car. Yeah, and then uh, I've done a couple since then. You know, but black cars are hard to shoot. No, they're not hard to shoot. The they just don't sell covers. Yeah, probably not. But they, I mean, they just don't photograph. They're they're difficult to photograph and get the car to stand out. Yeah, you can you can get a background to help you out. You know, like like colors or something, or and bricks, then, or red brick building, or a girl. You know, bikini girl. So let's talk <coughs> about that. When did the girls stop coming, and did you guys start getting letters to stop doing girls in the magazines? There used to be a lot yeah. of bikini models and stuff. And You can blame the girls on me. Uh, mo- the majority of the girl models on the covers, I did. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so those are your covers. Well, when did, that, when did that start to phase out? I think about... And was it something that was said at the magazine, like, hey, we're going to start leaning back on the ladies because we're getting some yeah, complaints? Yeah, we, we had a couple of calls that Bruce uh, said. I go, well, you know, you got to think about the demographic, the people that are not sending you the, the hate mail because they love it. There's a lot more majority of people love it than hate it. So Yeah, there's a, we, we had probably, I, I'm guessing it's got to be probably 94, 95 where the girls stopped being on the cover of the magazines you know that's what i'm noticing yeah um so what i would do is if if uh the guy had a, a wife uh-huh. a girlfriend and looks pretty good and she was cute yeah we're gonna put her in there <laughs> and then nobody could give you a hard it's a re- time it's a relative <laughs> right you know hey that's the guy's it's wife. All relative right she helped him build the car yeah she's his motivation yeah <laughs> i mean you, you gotta do it we see the magazine we see the phase kind of take a turn at that point, with the uh, with the bikini models and stuff, you see the car show starting to change. Things are starting to slow down a little bit, but now you see the simplicity of the car. So you go through this accessory phase, mm-hmm. and now you start to see the detail phase, right? Right. right. Which has kind of evolved into where we're at today, <laughs> because the the accessory phase kind of gave as as soon as anything's cool and it becomes mass produced then it stops becoming cool. And that's what we saw happen with the magaz- with, with the accessories. Right. Because back when the accessories in 95, 96 were at a peak and Koch is going crazy. He's, you know, this guy's got all the accessories. He did. Bob Koch was the guy that had this, this lion's share of all tons of NOS stuff and all this. That turned into, well, let's reproduce some of the stuff. Right. And then it was like, oh, well, you know, I just ran around to find these super rare horn grills and now they're making them and you can get them for five bucks or whatever the case is and so that started to lose some of its zeal yeah i mean in all sports of of cars the nos is king right 
And so nine out of 10 mm -hmm. manufacturers that are aftermarket, not good. No, I mean, everybody wants that NOS stuff, which is we saw in the 90s the billet phase come in where you started, yeah. you started getting some billet stuff. Yep. Uh, the guy in Virginia was, was one, and um, uh, Brett Banker, he was one too, yeah. And there's, I mean, you had all the billet arm, the, the, the interior switches, the dash knobs, the, you know, it's like the wood of the 70s is the billet of the 90s. Right, even uh, the, the front turn signal lights became a little billet piece, you yeah. know? A, yeah, billet turn signals, yeah. everything. Yeah. So, of your personal preference, what's your favorite, if you had to pick one Volkswagen, it could have been any car you featured, whatever you want, if you could pick one car... For your, for like, I would take that car and I would have this car for my own. What car would it be that you've seen out there? Anything that stands out to you, the history of the cars you've seen out there? Man, there's so many buses and bugs and gears and, and it, type 3s that, I, it, man, it's, it's hard. like, whoa. It's hard, yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's no there, there, no pressure. I'm just curious if anything comes to mind for you for something that you, that you stand out, one of your mo more memorable cars. Probably like. because my first Volkswagen really with that belongs to me was a squareback probably some squareback 67 though you know yeah i mean squarebacks are they're coming around squarebacks are what got me into the vw scene because yeah. the, the the first issue that i saw had the squareback in it and to me i saw a squareback in my neighborhood and to me when i saw it i was just like that is the coolest surf wagon it looks like it's going to the beach yeah you know what i mean and that's and that's for me what i loved about it right and and funny enough i didn't have a squareback for years and years and years my brother had a squareback but I didn't have a squareback. I, I own a squareback now, but I just still love the look. I love how a Type 3 drives. Hey, when you lower them, they still drive good. Yeah, it's like the squareback is like the, the when Volkswagen said, okay, we've got our economy car, the squareback's going to be like the Type 3 is for the guy who's got a few extra dollars, you know? Yeah, and need some luggage room, you know? Throw some stuff from, from the shop in there. Yeah. What other memorable uh, features you got in there? Some stuff that you can remember that uh, on your list. RK's got this huge list in front of him, which is awesome. Oh, man, we did a Lyle Bernic Berniclau, uh burnout in his dragster. That's, that's cool. And what year was that issue? 87, so that December. A lot of times, you know, the photo, the photo shoots for me, uh, I love those garage scenes of the burnouts, which, matter of fact, you shot one of mine when I disgraced the, the vintage cover with a little insert of myself and my brother in our double cabs, he built one for his customer, and then I was doing a big, gnarly burnout. And we put it on the vintage issue? Yeah, it was on the cover of the vintage. And it was my favorite because I thought, yeah, you see that? It was such an awesome picture. It got on the cover of the vintage All special. Right. And so my favorite thing about that was that I was on the cover of the vintage special, but I remember that day, and it was hot. You showed up, it was hot, and we did a burnout. And back when I shot the Bull Run bus, I did a burnout, and it was like 110 degrees. And I had, Jeez. And it was like smoking hot outside. And I remember when we finished the burnout, I had two big bald marks in front of my neighbor's driveway where uh, we did the big smoky burnout. But those are those are my favorite photo shoots. Okay, here, here's, a, here's a deal. We're at the Octomeet right now. Yeah. Charlie Hamill. Uh-huh. He was on the cover, July 90. July of 1990. So what happened was I, I called down to the uh, Balboa Beach, and the, the, they have a ferry that goes across. Uh-huh. See if I could put a couple of cars and do a photo shoot, and they let me do it. 
on the ferry in the water. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, as as it's coming, so I would go be on the the, the opposite side and and have them come to the the dock and I take a shot of them. Oh wow! So there's three of them. So it looks like they're being shipped in. Well, they are, from from one coast to the other coast of, of Newport Beach, you know. So you got Stephanie Turner's fifty-four sunroof bug. What year is that issue? July ninety. In July ninety. It's a vintage special. Uh huh. Sixty-three notch Bill Makepeace, Bill and Steve's, and Charlie Hamill's sixty camper bus, on the Balboa Island ferry. That was cool, you know. People are freaking out. What is that? What's going on? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so just for our listeners that are listening right now, as we're here at Octo, we're sitting in Scott Wyatt's camper bus that's for sale. So as we're sitting here recording this podcast currently, we're, uh, we're getting quite a bit of uh, people walking up and looking at this, this bus that's for sale. Okay, you know, you like the, the people pictures mm-hmm. for the cover? Love it. We went down to uh, Huntington Beach Pier, yeah. and uh, we had a bus, a gear, and a bug. That's good deal. Remember? A little bit. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, that's the billet, the one with the billet convertible, the, the convertible on the billet wheels, and it's on the beach. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I forget, what's what's that issue called? Uh, the Cal Look? That was it, one was the, a, it was a Cal Look special. It was a Cal Look special. So Bob Hole had his convertible. Oh, that was Bob Hole's that convertible? That was Bob Hole's. Wow. And then Kenny Fitzer had the 6023 window bus, and Lenny Kopp had the 59 gear. Oh, really? And the models we had were Avalon Anders and Tina New. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite covers. I love that yeah. the cover of that issue. So you see the pier in the background. Yeah. You see the, the beach Perfect. bikini girls and the beach. So we got permission from the city because uh, Kenny knew somebody at the city, and we got to go down there. Yeah, because you can't pull your car on the beach like that. No way. That's awesome. So things like that, you know, you just... So yeah, the, the a lot of times you just do stuff without even asking. You just go up and look, look at something. And let's do it, and then, or you, you might get run off. You might not. Where's, where's the scariest place? Where, where'd you get in the most trouble doing a photo shoot? Mm. Did you ever get like in serious trouble trying to pull off a photo shoot? Yeah, but it wasn't for a Volkswagen. It was for, it was for a van thing. I did. Let's hear it. Let's hear the story. It was up in King City. Yeah. So I was up there with the Hot Rod Magazine guys. Yeah. And we wanted to shoot the same van. I said, Let's go. We'll go across the street to the high school. So we just drove the thing up there like we owned the place, you know, and we start shooting. And then not even like 10 minutes later, uh, police show up. Well, what are you guys doing here? I hear you guys are racing. Uh, no, we're static. We're, we're just taking st- static photos. Well, you need to get out of here. Why? Because we, we have a complaint about you guys. I go, well, can't we just finish it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. He goes, nope, I'll take, I'll take the film out of your camera right now. Uh, well, I guess we're leaving. So we left. Luckily, we had shots that we needed <laughs> right <laughs> so that was it one of the ones that you know like so not too bad yeah i didn't not go to jail you didn't go to jail yeah <laughs> you didn't pay for the cost. no no <laughs> yeah it was good while you're glancing through that list and i and i might take the list and pull out a couple from you and ask you some questions about it okay but let's talk about the change of the magazines because there was a time when VW Trends and Hot VWs were really competing heavily against each other. And we talked, I talked to Dave Cormack yeah. and had the guys in the podcast, and we talked about that rivalry. Did it ever get, like, serious between you guys where, like, you guys were, like, really not happy with the other magazine or, like, they did something that was, like, that was dirty and you guys shouldn't do that? Well, you know how the everybody, like, fees for the cover, you know? Yeah. So you can't – I never promised anybody a cover at all. Yeah. You, you just – 
don't do that. You either get it or you don't. Right. You can't. You you don't have final say. Well, we have three three guys looking at it. Me, Dean, and Bruce. Uh huh. So we we analyze it and say, okay, let's let's do this one or let's do that one. And everybody's a little partial to their own, right. probably, but right. So it's just the whole scene, the whole pick. Pros and cons, and yeah. you guys go over it and say, "This look, this pops because of this. This is this reason." Yeah. So um, we try to get exclusive when we can, and mm-hmm. if we can, it's fine. If not, then we're, we're not going to, you know, put sure. that guy on the cover. If we do shoot him, so. Um, did anybody ever think that? Did, did anyone ever think that they got paid to be in the magazine? Uh, no, not not with me. Okay, so nobody ever asked, like, well, don't I get any money? <laughs> Actually, somebody, I asked for a location. I wanted to borrow their house. Yeah. And they asked me for money. I go, well, no, not today. We're, we're low on a budget, you know? No. We're just shooting cars and putting them in magazines. That's it. Right. We're doing this on a budget. <coughs> this yeah. Is a, we're a magazine. We're not a TV yeah. show. Yeah. But uh, it's it's been a, a, an awesome job that really is not a job. It's like an adventure to me because every day was was good. No, I mean it's it's got to be the dream job for somebody that's that's in the VWs and loves and that lo- that's into cars. Period. Yeah, and yeah. You just love the feeling of getting to a car show early that early morning, cool air, the cars setting up, people wiping them down, the the entire the entire experience of just getting there. And then like when you've got some skin in the game and you're building something and you're looking for parts or looking for pieces, that's also the fun part too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, the best part to me is the people. Yeah. All the people I've met no, it's, yeah, that it's, become like friends and they become extended family, it's like you can't beat it, man. Yeah. You can no. go anywhere in, in the country and, and you can go somewhere and you can call a guy you know that lives over there. Yeah, it's always it's always beneficial. <laughs> like, hey, can you go check out a car for me? Or right, they, hey. right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's my experience in the hobby, when you step out of the hobby and, like, if you're just not going to go to a show, in, and and we're, I'm a little spoiled because we're West Coast. Right. But I can go to a show in Utah. I've met people at shows in Utah that I've become friends with. I've met people at shows in Southern California that I've become friends with, Northern right. California and Phoenix, like all over because of this little hobby of ours yeah. where I've made friendships that have lasted for years. And it's one of my favorite things about the scene. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about when the magazine started to Ultimately, you were there when they closed the magazine. Is that correct? Yes. How do you know the writings on the wall? Because there's a couple things that happened here. How many years ago we lost? It was what year did uh, 94, 90, or was it 96 when we lost VW Trends? Mm, I don't remember. <clears throat> but we lose VW Trends, and I talked to Dave Cormack, and he says, oh, yeah, we got an email like, hey, you guys are going to go on Christmas break. We won't need you back. Thanks. Magazine's done. I heard a different story. What did you hear? I heard they called the editor yeah. the night before they, they killed it and said, don't bother coming to work. That's crazy. The magazine's done. And at the time, that was McMillan Publishing, McMullen, uh, under that one? It was like... Or they had sold it no, to No, they them. sold it. <coughs> and then they it was just, K3, or I think it was K3. And they, and they just killed it because ultimately what a lot of people on the surface don't maybe know or don't know is that the magazine's purpose is advertising right like that's how that's the business model of a magazine yeah and so when the advertising revenue starts to slow down or dry up that's when the writing's on the wall so you can look at the lean years of the magazines as like when they have the least amount of ads in them and those, those are really the lean years because subscriptions are a money loser right yeah 
I mean, there's no way you can buy a magazine that's got a cover cost of four bucks and you're getting all 12 issues for 20. I know. That's crazy. And part of that is you look at some of the magazines now that have come out over the past few years, like Air Mighty. Air Mighty's not a cheap magazine. It's not. It's $20 well, for you, an you issue. Pay, pay for what you get because that's a nice magazine. But I think in between us two friends talking here, I don't think 20 bucks covers the cost of no. that magazine. Well, well How can it? Between shipping, it's made overseas, it comes over here, it's heavy cardstock paper. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. It's kind of like a uh, Rada's Journal type, right. you know. Yeah. Thick magazine, qu- quality paper that you, you can't see on the other side of the page. Right. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and good photos and good write-ups. And when with, with, with Hot VWs, when they shut down Hot VWs, did you know it was coming? Nope. Nobody knew it was coming? I did not know. Really? Yeah. And it was just like all of a sudden out of the blue, you're thinking like, well, you know, the job is not killing me. I enjoy doing this. So if you do what you enjoy, it's not like you're working. I could do this forever. You're thinking. Yeah, well, <clears throat> we, you know, Shin Watanabe was doing freelancing for us uh-huh. before um, they took over. But uh, Shin Mukai and I, we've we known each other for a long time. He bought my first Nova wagon. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he's a Type 3 guy. So I used to have Type 3 parts, NOS Type 3 parts. Yeah. And he comes over and he looks at my, my garage all the time. He's walking in. He goes, ooh, Nova Wagon. I go, yeah. Oh, my wife likes it. I go, okay. It's for sale? I go, no, no, not for sale. And then uh, he goes and buys the parts that he went and he left, you know, and, and his interpreter calls me. And, okay, Shin wants your wagon, man. I go, uh, nah, not really, man. I, this is my first one. I just finished the engine and trans, all this neat stuff, you know? Right. And it looked good and had the wheels on it. All. So I said, okay, tell him this much. And he said, oh, well, you take it. Ah, oh, you shits. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. That wasn't the plan. <laughs> so that's what got me to get on my, my horse and go get some more Nova wagons and just, you know, make them all good and sell them out and. It was, it's been cool. You and know? So you've been working on you've been working on. No, I know you're a big fan of the Nova wagons. As a matter of fact, a story for the listeners that happened. I was at uh, RK's place and I go in his garage and he's got this big poster board, an old advertisement from a GM dealership, and half of it. Some of you guys know my dirty little secret that I'm also into American air cooled stuff with a couple Corvairs. Yeah. I'm trying to make trying to make Corvairs cool again. Yeah. And uh, and I look at this thing. He's got a six, 1966 board. And it's probably what, like a six by four board? Pretty big, yeah. And uh, I look at it and, and I see half of it's got Corvairs on it. And I said, What are you doing with that thing over there? And he's like, Oh, I got it for the Nova side. I'm like, yeah. Well, I want the Corvair <laughs> yeah. side. So I got the Corvair side hanging in my uh, game room at my house. Awesome. The dealer display, which was kind of cool because it has all the different models of the Corvairs. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it was pretty cool to get that. And. Uh, you know, we as car guys, we just have a we have a passion that kind of crosses over everything. I think. Yeah. And you know, although this podcast specifically is Volkswagens, but I think a car guy is a car guy, and you can appreciate quality and good work and and detail and and just stuff that you see that has a certain look to it. You know, and and whether it's a full built custom or just a street cruiser. You know the stance, the wheels, the the attitude of a car has a lot to do with, with with how it looks. Yeah. What, what? 
in your opinion, if you had to pick a style that's your favorite, what's your favorite style of Volkswagen? If it's going to be like a like a, a German folks look where it's like all the chrome, lots of accessories, all that, or like a DBK look where it's got like the bigger wheels, the subtle paint matches, the little detail stuff like this, or like the DKP look or like what for you personally or the Hawaiian look? I know you're real partial to this Hawaiian. I don't know about that white rubber crap. <laughs> that's not. Well, it starts out white. Uh, it's I yellow know. Yellow three days yeah, later. Yeah. 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 Pineapple yellow. But <laughs> so anyway, uh, I would like just a clean yeah. looking street car. A lot of horsepower. Yeah. It's kind of a sleeper. And uh, simple as that. Yeah, just like you, know? you like nice nice motor. And, yeah, and it doesn't have to have, you know, like everybody else's stuff, you know, wheels or whatever. It's just everybody's get stuck in a rut of some, some things like wheels. Everybody has the same wheels. Yeah. You know? I let, well, you know me, and I, I mean, as much as I do stuff different, my stuff's pretty similar because I do big 17-inch Porsche yeah, wheels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I did that originally in 2000, uh, 2002 VW Classic, 2003 VW Classic, that was a that was a pretty a, a that was pretty a bold new, move. It was a bold move. Yeah, and it was one of those things where now everything is 17. But it's good. But I love. See, it. you started it. Well, I I don't know if I started it because maybe I stole the idea from somewhere else across the pond. But I saw the look, and I and once I saw it in my mind, and I saw the wheel arc in the 17, I thought, man, it fits perfect, and you can get lower. The problem with the 17 inch wheels, you can't get as low as you can with 15 inch oh, wheels. Oh yeah. And then it starts to push the suspension, the suspension changes, and all these things that we've seen. Um, but we touched on it a little bit. I want to get back to it. Okay. I want to get back to Hot VWs right. shutting down. Oh, and how this comes about to surprise you. Okay, so I, I'm just doing my thing upstairs in the second story of the building. It's myself and the ad guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and now at this time, let's let's put, draw a picture here. Are the ads starting to dry up? Is it really hard to get advertisers to do that? Because now you're competing with the internet. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and, and really, because we're, we're, we're back to talking about the purpose of the magazine is to advertise, to create revenue, and bring people product that they get. True. And now everybody's, the world is moving towards a disposable generation or like clickbait and, and, and yeah. internet and all this so, kind of stuff. So advertising is, is just, uh, I guess, the mainstay of the magazine. If you don't have what it takes you're going to eventually lose the magazine you know or you're going to lose a lot so um so shin was freelancing mm-hmm. he had did articles for for us and then mike summer um the owner's son was dealing with shin and on freelancing now this is now did the ownership of the magazine change before this no so it was still the original family. Yeah, J- Jim Wright was original owner, and then Judy Wright. Publishing. Wright. And then Judy Wright. Was and, and in the heyday, how many magazines were under Wright Publishing? Uh, did they do books and stuff, too? Yeah, they did other kind of... Ma- they, they had mini truck magazine, too. Did they? Yeah. In fact, I used to work on that one. What, <coughs> what, what, what magazine? Mini truck. Mini truck magazine? Yeah, mini truck. Really? Yeah. Uh, Todd Kao and Jim Clark, my, my buddy, he, uh, they used to have that one, and they sold it to Jim. Yeah. Yeah, so they they did it out of a little cubicle across from the main office where where we used to be. Right. And now we're at, then we're in a big bigger office, but when they shut down, but uh, <coughs> it was uh, just a, a kind of a, a major surprise. He, he comes in, he says, "Hey, 
my mom wants to uh, retire and she wants to sell a magazine so here's your layoff papers really yep that simple pretty simple wow and there's no shortage of advertisers or any of the stuff that you guys are noticing the magazine's not to 60 pages or anything like this no I mean, uh -uh. It seems to be a, a it was, sudden it was surprise. Doing not doing well, you know what it what what it was. Because it seems, you know, <laughs> being in the hobby, I don't think I'm blinded by it. But being in the hobby right now, I don't see that the hobby slowed down at all. I see, I see as the as the demographic of the hobby, the enthusiast starts to increase. You see more money being spent in the hobby for sure. Right. And it's a little bit. I think the tra there's a there's been a transition in the hobby gone from the do-it-yourselfer to like the guy who's got the money to buy it done or pay somebody to do it which means the business side of it's picking up mm -hmm. and the prices of the cars are going up but i don't see there being less of a uh, less of a hobby out there so you get that that's a big blow to you when that oh, goes down i yeah. mean you're like crushed you're like wait right. a second i wasn't prepared for this yep so it's you're you're kind of like and, and i'm assuming it's not just you i'm assuming Everybody. Everybody is blown out of the water right. like this. Right. And so you guys are you guys' eyes are probably this big and you're thinking like, Holy crap, I don't have a job now. Yeah, so anyway, I did have a job. So I would help Shin because I knew Shin Mukai and uh -huh. I knew Shin Watanabe. And I said, You know what, I'll I'll hang out with you guys to we cannot skip an issue. And they were gonna skip an issue. Well wait a second. So the buying and selling of the magazine took place before the before the previous owners came to you and said you guys are out of a job like that was already in the works in the background. No, no. it was after. I mean, it might have been, but I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, so they said we're closing the magazine. This is after like the issue comes out. It's there. We met our deadlines. Issue comes out. Hey guys, we're having a meeting. Magazine's over. Right. Thanks for your service. Yep. Good night. Yep. And then. How soon do you hear that Shin and Shin are now going to be in charge of the new magazine? Pretty soon, and and I and they weren't even owning the magazine yet, so, but I knew they were going to own. They it. were in, in negotiations right. to buy the brand. Right. So I said, Shin Watanabe, I, I said you need to continue the magazine right now because you cannot skip an issue. This is a collector's magazine. Everybody's been saving them for years on end. Right. And every month. So I said, we need to put another issue together, and I'll help you guys do it. So I did, and we made it happen, and then they haven't skipped an issue yet. So. Yeah. Well, and it's great because I think as the hobby, we hate to see the end of an era, and because a lot of us collect the magazines, like you're saying, they're, they're collectibles. Oh, yeah. um, when when there's something like that that goes out, it, it, it signals to us the end of an era, and it's, and it's kind of a bummer. And I know I was devastated when I heard the news, like, wow, you mean Hobby W's is done? Because we saw what happened with VW Trans, and when they were gone, they were gone, never to be seen or yeah, heard of again. Yeah. And the sad part is, like, where are those archives? You mean the Trans archives? Yeah. I think they're gone. Like gone, gone? Like thrown away or oh my gosh, dumpster, man. dumpster that, city. That's got to be crazy because you're talking, that's history. That's history yeah. of our hobby. Yep. You know? So, I don't know. Um, what's next for you? I'm just having living the life and hanging out at Octo and yeah. going to do things that I want to do and visiting you know, your vis buddy Bill. <laughs> yeah, visiting my buddies and my family and you know friends and everything. Just do stuff as you go. Just just no no uh, no no immediate plans right at this time. You're just taking it easy. Yeah, 
and not you know you're you're checking out some car shows enjoying your chevy hobby a little bit but you're still over here at octo you're still the people can see still see you stomping around and matter of fact i'd like to personally invite you to our uh pre cory mac car show that they're going to do the vw mega event we're going to be doing las vegas Volkswagen club and the uh and let's talk dubs will be doing a pre-event for that event that we're going to have and the host hotel is going to be the Orleans Hotel and Casino. I know that hotel very well. <laughs> I think they have your picture on yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah. Ar- thank you for yeah, your money, yeah, loser. RK. Thank you for your money, R.K. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you guys coming to our city oh. and making deposits and helping our city grow and helping our All economy. Right. So we appreciate that. A lot of people are counting on you to come and spend some money. <laughs> well, I'll be there. So we're going to have a toy and literature show. And I'd like to see if we could set up to where we could have you there at the Toy and Literature Show. And you guys that are listening and you got some of your favorite magazines that R.K. Smith did the cover work on, please bring your magazines down. Bring them to R.K. Uh, maybe we set something up where uh, for his retirement fund you kick R.K. a few bucks and get a couple signatures on some of your magazines and uh, and come out and, and see him and uh, and and share with him some of your favorite favorite photo shots that he's done for you guys. That'd and, be awesome. Uh, and and we appreciate it, man. RK, it's been a blast, man, to have you on the podcast. Anytime, and, man. And I'm sure it's not going to be the only time we're going to get you on here. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you and me got to get in a, in a Nova wagon or a Corvair and drive up to Bakersfield and go hey. get this Chris Addington on the podcast. Sure. Man, we're going to have to do it. We might road trip it and go do that. Oh, that's easy. No problem. So, RK, man, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I, listen, there's tons of history, and, and, and we can't ever cover all of it, but... Uh, I love the story, man. I love to, to get the inside of what you've done. And, and I thank you for all the magazine covers that you've done that have got me excited to go out in the garage and turn some wrenches and, and really get into the hobby, man. I'm glad I did something right. Hey, man. You, you, know? you, you listen, I, and I'm certain it's not just me, man. It's for a lot of people that all you guys that have put that effort, that hard work and effort in the magazine, man. It, it doesn't go. What you see around you here at Okta right now is a direct result of your guys' hard work, inspiring people to go out, get in the hobby, build a car, and get it on the road, man. So Yeah, this, this event started out of Soto. Yeah. With Jeff Walters. You yeah. Know, at, at Long Beach Park over here, Eldorado Park. Yeah. And now it's here, huge. And it looks like a June. It looks like a June event. It does. It does. It's uh, it's it's a big one. It's packed today. So, it's so cool to see, all the same thing happening, but and you see the same people. Yeah. But you meet new ones. Yeah. You know, and you see new new uh, vehicle uh, styles. You and know, new blood coming into the scene That's all the it. time. That's oh, it. That's great, man. That's great. Well, RK, uh, thanks for coming on. Hey. I no appreciate problem. you. And we'll, we'll, you guys want to see RK, he'll be in Vegas. You'll be in Vegas in October? I'll be there. All right. Yeah. We'll see you guys in Vegas, man. Until next, guy, next time, guys. Later. Test, 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 test. If you guys like that podcast, don't forget to go to letstalkdubs.com. 
slash store and support by buying some merchandise to support the podcast. This week, a couple people wrote in some letters. Keith Bandra wrote in a letter and Kyle Ames wrote in a letter uh, giving a shout out to Let's Talk Doves telling me how the podcast gets them motivated to go in their garage and turn some wrenches and get some work done on their car. So that's awesome. It's exactly the motivation that we're looking to provide for you guys as long as bringing in some history. Uh, a couple of people supported the podcast. Evan Waddy bought a t-shirt and also Peter Clucky. Uh, Peter Clucky, your shirt is on backwater for about a week. So don't be too impatient, but you get your shirt and I'll throw in some extra bonus stuff since you got to wait because my mediums sold out of mediums. Didn't know having that many people wearing mediums in the podcast land, but hey, Appreciate you guys' support. Next week on the podcast, we're going to do some vintage, our first vintage and international podcast. Claus Messing from Dusseldorf, Germany came down. Claus is the guy that did the Hebmuller registry. So we'll get to hear some history on the Hebmuller, get to hear some of his history, how he got into collecting old school Hebmullers and uh, classic super vintage coach built Volkswagens. He also is the guy that uh, does Carmen1952.de, which is the early Carmen registry, meaning split convertible. So uh, until next week, guys, hope you enjoy. Don't forget, tag us in everything you do. If you bought some merch, tag us, put a picture online, and don't forget, spread the love, let everybody know about Let's Talk Dubs podcast. Until next week, guys, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have a problem.